and stay strong in God. How to get strong in God and stay strong in God. How to get right with God if you're not right with God and how to stay right with God if you are right with God. I think um, the Lord gets weary of us kind of riding that spiritual roller coaster all the time. We're going to talk about that. He wants us to get on a path of righteousness and stay there. He wants us to have consistency in our life and stability. We're going to talk about that. We're going to teach that. So we hope you'll open your hearts to receive uh, the word of the Lord today. Right before the message, I just want to thank our media team. Uh, when we come in on Sunday morning, there are little um, video and computer and sound system demons <laughs> that come in on Saturday night and just get all in that stuff. And we have to come in on Sunday morning and cast them out. And this morning when they got here, boy, nothing was working right. And I look back there, and they had wires in their hand. They were crawling up under the equipment. And uh, we got just a little bit of a late start this morning. But our media team is always spot on. They get it done in the middle of crisis. I want you to give them a great big hand. I tell you what, you do not know what goes on back there in that booth. That is the most stressful spot in the church. And uh, so you thank those folks. You know, um, uh, you won't have any problem telling Majesty how much you appreciate what she did. You'll, you'll find her today. Can that little girl sing? And uh, you'll find her today, and you'll tell her how much you appreciate it. Don't forget to go by the booth sometimes and, and just tell the guys and the gals back there how much you appreciate what they do. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. We have a tendency, you know, every time something goes wrong, we just all kind of turn around and look back there, you know. And uh, a lot of times what goes wrong is what was given to them to put up here on the screen. Or to, and, and so it's, uh, it's not their fault. Uh, uh, a lot of the times when we look back there, but, uh, you know, they're back there going, you know, just go ahead and look at me, whatever. And uh, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all so much and everything y'all do. And the many, many hours that they rehearse and are out here when you're at home with your families, they're out here getting ready for Sunday morning. Because we've got a little saying among our staff here at Whitley Church, it's all about the weekend, stupid. <laughs> it's all about church. It's all about when we gather together on Thursday night and on Saturday night and on Sunday morning. Let me tell you about the bridge. The bridge, I, I got to tell you, we don't even know what to do. Thursday night, 222 people showed up at the bridge. I'm telling you. We, we did not expect this, and people were sitting out in the lobby because they could not get in the sanctuary. And so we don't know what we're going to do. We do know this. We are going to keep having Thursday night church. We're not going to stop in August. We're going to keep going. And, um, and then, of course, we're always there on Saturday night. Here's what you can do to help us. Um, those of you from the Whitley Church family, if there is any way that you can come on Saturday night, now, last night, we were probably two-thirds full, but there's a lot more seating on Saturday night at the bridge. So any of you who are going to come uh, to the bridge, if you could come on Saturday night, that would be a great, great help to us. And also on Thursday night, and we're talking about personal sacrifice here. We're, we're talking about putting that towel on like Jesus did and serving your brother. Y'all with me out there? 
and maybe, maybe hanging around in the lobby and letting our newer people get in there and get the seat they need. And then you take, uh, since you've been here at Whitley Church and you've been a part of our church family for a while, you just kind of take what's left. And that would be such a servant thing to do. It's just like parking. When you drive up on the parking lot on Sunday morning, don't get the best spot. Don't get the best spot. Pull, pull back there in the, in the fort area or pull off on the grass and, and leave the best spots for our, for our new people who are coming in. Amen? And let's be generous. Let's be generous. Let's have a generous heart uh, about things like that. Okay? Now, that's a f- that little sermon right there is free of charge. I'm not going to charge you all a cent for that. Now, this next one's going to cost you. All right. How to get strong in God and stay strong in God. We're in part three of the third sermon. And uh, let's read together Psalm 23 and 3. If you want to read it out loud with me, you certainly can do that. It says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to be very blunt with you this morning. This message is aimed mostly at people who are going in the wrong direction spiritually. I mean, you're a child of God. You're a Christian. Jesus lives in your heart. But you remember a time when you were closer to him. You remember a time when the word of God was sweeter to you. You remember a time when you spent more time in prayer and you enjoyed it. You remember a time when you were serving in the church and you were using your talents and your abilities in the church, but now you're, you're, you've gotten away. Now you're not as, as uh, a passionate. Uh, the fire is not there the way it used to be. And again, we're not saying you're not a Christian. We're just saying that you've strayed away from the shepherd. And, and we know this is going to happen because the Bible tells us through the old prophet Isaiah, we, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Every one of us from time to time, We go astray, we go our own way and do our own thing. But then Hosea said, come, let us return unto the Lord in in Hosea 6 and 1. So uh, what we're talking about in this message is how God restores, how he restores. Listen, it is the nature of a sheep to wander. It is the nature of a sheep to go astray, but hallelujah, it is the nature of the shepherd to go get us. It is the nature of the shepherd to go when we get away and bring us back. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus said it so clearly. He said, I will leave 99 sheep who are in the fold and they're safe. He said, I will leave them and go and get that one sheep that has gone astray and that is lost and I will bring him back. So the shepherd we serve, he will go and get us. Now we're going to look at this sermon under three headings. We're going to look at the ministry of the shepherd. Then we're going to look at the mastery of the shepherd. And finally, we're going to look at the majesty of the shepherd. Now we're looking at the ministry of the shepherd right now. And we found out that the shepherd has to minister primarily to three kinds of sheep. Number one, the stubborn sheep, the stubborn sheep. Now, all some of us have to do to see a stubborn sheep is go home and look in the mirror. Amen? And we'll see a stubborn sheep. I've done that. Sometimes I've been shaving and staring at a stubborn sheep right there. 
And, and so we have all been stubborn at times in our spiritual life. And we also found out that the shepherd has three main tools, and one of them is a rod. And we talked all about the chastening of God and how God sometimes have, has to come into our life with discipline and chastening so that we will come back to him, all to restore us back to him. When the Lord chastens us, and this is in the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and begins with verse 5, and we studied that in great detail. Remember we talked about how you can react to God's chastening. You can, uh, you can uh, uh, resent it, or you can faint under it, or you can be trained by it, or you can be matured by the discipline of God, and we talked about that over two Sundays. And so now we're talking about how that God not only deals with the stubborn sheep with the rod, but today we're going to talk about the straying sheep. The straying sheep. Now, the straying sheep, he isn't stubborn. He's just careless. He's careless. Now, some of us get away from the shepherd not because we are you know, hard-headed. How many of you down in the South know what hard-headed means? How many of y'all ever called your child hard-headed? All right, y'all know what I'm talking about. You are, who are from up north or out west, get with us after the service. We'll explain it to you. Okay, hard-headed, it just means stubborn. It just means stubborn, and we've seen our kids be stubborn, and we've been stubborn, and our Father in heaven knows that we are his kids, and sometimes we're stubborn just like our kids are stubborn toward us, and uh, he, would, he would use the rod. But then there are times when we, we just get, listen, listen, we just lose our spiritual focus. It isn't that we're stubborn, it's just that we're not paying attention to the things we need to pay attention to so we'll stay close to the shepherd. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to have a sense of security. There's going to be a sense of peace in your life. There's going to be a sense of comfort in your life when you're what? Close to the shepherd. Close to the shepherd. So the shepherd will use the rod, but he will use the staff on the straying sheep. Now, you remember I talked about how he made the rod? And remember I told you that he dug, he would dig all down in the ground and get the whole root system up? Well, on, a, on the staff, what he would do is he would just cut it off right at the ground. And it would be a little sapling, you know, maybe about big enough he could get his fingers around and they would touch. And uh, he would maybe get it uh, 15, 16 feet long, so it would be plenty long. And then he would, um, he would soak it in water. He would take all the bark off and he would soak it in water. And uh, sometimes he would soak it in boiling water, and he would make it soft. And when he made it soft, then he would take the end of it and pull it around, and he'd put a little bend in the end like that, and uh, it was called the shepherd's crook. And he would get that curve in that staff just right so it would fit around the neck of a full-grown sheep or around the body of a little lamb. He would make sure it was about that size. And then after he tied it, he would lay it out in the sun for several days, sometimes weeks, to make sure that it seasoned well and to make sure that it dried out very, very dry. And when it did, he could take that rope off or he could take that string or whatever he had bound it with and uh, that crook would be there and it would be a strong it would almost be like a, a a metal it would be so hard and so strong he knew just what kind of tree to make it out of and then he would take that staff and he would um, 
he would use it uh, to, to bring in the straying sheep. Here's what he'd do. Listen, he would just kind of guide them. He would guide them with the staff. Can I just ask, and you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but is there somebody here today who could use some direction from God? Is there somebody here today and you're in the midst of a decision and you don't know what in the world to do? Can I tell you this today? That the God you serve, your shepherd, he knows tomorrow. He knows next week and next month and next year. He knows exactly what you need to do and he knows exactly how you need to do it. You don't know those things. You can't see. You don't know what's going to happen the very next second. He knows all that's going to happen. I heard a preacher talking about this one time and he talked about how God just sees all of time at once. Isn't that something? He sees all of time at once. All we can do is remember the past and, and think about the future and anticipate it. God sees all of it at one time. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And listen, you're his little lamb. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, then you're his sheep. And he is your shepherd and it is his desire. It is the heart of the shepherd to guide your steps to guide your steps. You may be here this morning and you're trying to make a decision about a job. You may be here, you're trying to make a career decision. You're trying to make a, a purchase, a decision to purchase something or not to purchase, to sell something or not to sell it. You might be here about something much more important. Maybe you're trying to decide about a church. Maybe you're trying to decide about whether you're going to try to make your marriage work. Maybe you're trying to decide. I don't know what you're deciding, but I'm here to tell you the shepherd has the staff spiritually today right now and he will bring guidance into your life he would take that staff and he would take the the end that didn't have the crook in it and he would guide them and he would just if they would begin to stray off the path he would just bring them back on the path sometimes we just stray off the path don't we anybody here ever strayed off the path see those straying sheep they get themselves in all kind of precarious situations. They fall in the mud. They fall, you know, over a little cliff down the side of a mountain. They'll get in the briars. <laughs> Anybody here ever been in the briars? I'm telling you, I've been in the briars. You know whose fault it was? Mine. It was my fault I was in the briars. I've been in the briars of life. I've fallen over the side of the ledge of life. I've, I've gotten in the mud of life. And every single time I did, I would cry out and he would take that staff and he would he would put it down there and just hook me and just pull me right back in. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Look what the Bible says in Psalm 40 verses 1 and 2 to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my what? cry. Everybody say, bah. Okay, right there. Verse 2, he also brought me up out of a what? Horrible pit. Out of the what? Miry clay. And then what did he do? He set my feet on a rock and established my steps. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Listen, listen. God doesn't want you in the miry clay. God doesn't want you in the briars. God doesn't want you falling off the side of that cliff. God loves you. You're his little lamb. You're his little sheep. And if you will cry out, he will incline his ear to you and he will hear you and he will take that staff and just just pull you right back in. I want you to know that he will lift you up. I talked about that a little bit in my prayer today. And I just kind of feel like, you know, with this economic news we're hearing every day. And, 
and all of this stuff that sometimes we get cast down. David talked about being cast down. And you can get cast down in your spirit. And you can get cast down in your eyes. And you can begin to believe the report of the world more than you believe the report of God. And God says that's wrong. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Some of y'all read the news and observer more than you read the Bible. That must be second service people. Some of y'all read the News Argus. You can't wait for the News Argus to get there. And you run out to the mailbox and read that News Argus. And there sits the Bible right there with dust on it. Listen, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the report of God. Sometimes our chin drops and our, our, our countenance and our spirit is cast down because we're reading the wrong word. Hear the word of the Lord. You know what the Bible calls God? The Bible calls God the lifter up of your head. He is the lifter up of your head. Listen, my mama and my daddy, they used to they used to take their fingers sometimes when I'd be all discouraged, just put their fingers under my chin and say, hold your head up now. Hold your head up. It ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. And remember this. Remember this blessing. Remember what the Lord's done here and here and here. All you're thinking about is just a little negative thing that's come along. Lift up your head now and think about all the blessings of God and how he's going to take care of you. And I'm telling you, your Father in heaven who is your shepherd, if you will just cry out, he will lift your head. He will lift you right up. He'll take that staff and just lift you up when you've stumbled, when you've fallen. And sometimes it's not outwardly that we fall. It's not outwardly that we stumble and struggle, but sometimes it's deep in our heart. It's deep in our heart. Listen, let me just say this. Some of you have fallen and you are cast down inside. But on the outside, you put on a good face and you put on a good mask and you, and you don't let anybody know that you're discouraged. You don't let anybody know that you're cast down and you've learned how to act your way through it. I'm going to tell you something. You can't keep that up much longer. You see, it'll, it, what's on the inside will eventually show up on the outside. One writer wrote this. He said, joy is the flag that is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is on the throne. And, and, and when you've got joy on the inside, joy is going to come on the outside. And you can fake it for a little while, but you can't keep faking it. After a while, that cast down spirit's going to come on the outside. So here's what I'm asking you to do today. Let's cry out. Let's cry out like that lamb that's got in the briars, like that sheep that's got in the mud. Maybe you're in the briars this morning. Maybe you're in the mud this morning. Maybe you stumbled off the side of the mountain. Oh, you're one of his children, but you're struggling right now. He says, if you will cry out, I will lift you up with my staff. I will hook that staff and pull you in. I um, was reading about this and I saw where sometimes the ewe, the mother lamb, the little mo the mama sheep, sometimes she would get so focused on herself that she would get away from her little lamb. And she would get so focused on getting food for herself and so focused on her own needs, she wouldn't be the mother she ought to be. And sometimes that shepherd would see that, and he'd recognize that, and he'd take that staff, and he'd reach over and get that get that little lamb and move him toward mama. And he'd reach over there, mama. He'd get that staff, and move mama and the little lamb back together. I thought about how God needs to do that today. And how God needs to put, you know what he'll do? 
He'll put husbands and wives back together if you'll let him. I'm telling you, you know, people come to me and say, Pastor, we need to talk to you. We're in trouble. That's fine. I'll talk to you and we'll counsel with you. And we got people who'll counsel with you. But you need to just cry out to the shepherd. I'm telling you, God, God's sitting up there. You know what I think God does sometimes? I think God does. You know what? I think he says, that's wonderful that you go to a counselor. But I'm not going to move till you come to me. I believe that. And I believe it. Sometimes I think we'll, we'll do whatever we can do other than go to the shepherd. And I'm calling on you today. Go to him first. He'll take that staff and he'll move that husband. And he'll take that staff and move that wife and bring them together. He'll, 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 have you got a broken relationship with a child? Have you got a broken relationship with one of your children? Have you got a broken relationship with a grandchild? Have you got a broken friendship? I'm telling you right now, he'll take that staff and move it together. How, how many single people we got here today? Just say, just say, woo, if you're single. All right, let me tell you single something. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all need to start praying that God will hook them. That God will hook them. Hey, y'all with me? That he'll hook them with the, with the staff. I, I want to see my singles up here in the altar this morning saying, hook them, Jesus. <laughs> hook them, Jesus, and bring them. Listen, look, let me tell you, I'm being serious. Sometimes we don't have the mate because we're, we're doing it on our terms. Let me tell you something. God's got somebody. And if you'll just start praying and believing God will take that staff and he'll move them right over there. And he'll take that staff and he'll move you and he'll put you right together with the person he wants you to be with. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? I don't know what's broken in your life, but God, you know what? It might be you need some money. And God's over here, he'd take that staff and bring that money over. And then he'd get you. Are y'all with me this morning? And he'll bring you over there where that money is. Amen, amen. I'm telling you, that's the kind of God we serve. That staff, he can do things with that staff. Things that are separated that ought to have been together, he can take his staff and put those things together. Some of you have lost your job. You begin to pray and say, God, Take that staff and go out there and hook that job and pull it in. And then reach over there and hook me and pull me and put me in that job together. Are y'all with me? I'm telling you right now, that's the kind of God we serve. I'm amazed at people who do everything in the world to solve their problems, but talk to the shepherd who loves them so much and would do anything for them and has all the power. We sung a song last night at the bridge, and it says, He holds the universe. He holds the universe in his hands. He's in total control of everything. He is the sovereign God and there's nothing he can't move or manipulate or bring together or make happen. And we go to everybody else and read everything and we get on the internet and say, I've researched, I'm trying to find out and I've bought some good books. Go to the shepherd. Go to the shepherd. You know, technology is a wonderful thing, but sometimes it gives us so many options. We do everything but good old-fashioned prayer and crying out to the shepherd. Am I making any sense this morning? You see, we fall. We get weak. We get away from God. We sin. Sometimes we sin. I've sinned. I can look at y'all and tell me you want me tell you want me to go on with that and tell you all about it. I'm not going to do it. I've sinned. I've sinned and, and God, he didn't use the rod. He, he used, sometimes he's used the rod on me. 
But sometimes he just used the staff. And he'll say, Pharaoh, you know what? You sinned. You were selfish. You said something you shouldn't have said. Or you treated somebody the way you should. Because you've gotten away from me. See, that's when we begin to falter. That's when we begin to make bad decisions. When you're close to him, you, you, you think like he thinks. You perceive the way he perceives. How many of y'all know it's all in the perception? It's all in how you view a situation. You know, when David came on the scene and Goliath was down in the valley belching out blasphemies against our God, and David was a little old 15-year-old boy, a little peach fuzz on his chin, hadn't even started shaving yet. He ran up and looked between his brother's legs and saw that giant down there. And when the giant yelled out, the Bible says, the Bible says those guys ran back to their tents, fled and ran back to their tents. I know that was a sight. And when they all ran back to their tents, there was nobody standing there but little David. You know what David said? David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And they said, he's too big to hit. David said, man, he's too big to miss. It's all in how you see it. It's all in how you see it. Here's what I'm asking you this morning. Are you looking at your life and your problems and your challenges and the stuff you're going through? Are you looking at it through your human eyes? Or are you close enough to the shepherd that you see your problems the way he sees them? Because if you see them the way he sees them, they're going to be little. But if you see them through your ability to deal with them, they're going to look like mountains you can't get over. You've got to get close to the shepherd. Get close to the shepherd. And that's what this staff is all about. And then uh, there was the sick sheep. Not only the stubborn sheep, and not only the, the straying sheep, but there was the sick sheep. It was dealt with by oil. He used oil. Let, let me just do a little dramatization here. Sometimes the uh, theatrical comes out in me. But what he would do, he'd get a, a little drink of water, and then... What he would do, he would, it would come nighttime. Now, now I'm, about, I, I'm about to tell you something. I'm about to tell you something right now that's going to bless your socks off. So hold on to your socks right now, all right? Because I'm telling you, what I'm about to tell you is going to bless you. And, and it isn't Pharaoh Hardison. I'm just the mailman. These aren't my words. I'm just the delivery man. But, but this is what I found in my studies. When the shepherd got ready to put the sheep down in bed at night, if one hadn't already been built, and there were many already built, but if there wasn't, he'd build what's called a sheepfold. And a sheepfold was basically a fence, and it was about this high. And it was a lot of work. He would build it with stones, and he would build it with logs, and he would build it with uh, limbs and, and anything he could find that he could roll up there and, you know, make a fence. And he would build that sheepfold. And then he'd leave a gap about as wide as this little area right here. He'd leave a little gap. And then he'd make a noise. I don't know what the noise was, but, but when he made the noise, it was one that the sheep knew that was their shepherd. And the sheep knew it was time to go to bed. Um, we got a little thing going on in our house right now. <clears throat> we, we've just moved to a, a new home, and we're, we're thanking the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord for you all and what you do for our family so we can, so we can have this home. We're very excited. And, but, but we moved our little kitty cats with us, and they are freaking out, I'm telling you right now. 
and, uh, but they're calming down a little bit. But my, my son, one of those cats, my son has had that, that cat since he was a little bitty kitten. And, uh, and, and so, you know, how many of y'all know that children are like boomerangs? They move, but then they come back home. How many of y'all know that? Anybody know that? And, uh, and so we got the cat now. And, um, and so, so I can, I can say, kitty, kitty, you know, and try to get the kitty to come up. And I, Brandon told me, he said, Daddy, make this noise right here. Just say, just say, um, just say. He said, rub your fingers together like that, and he'll come right to you. And, and I did that. And that cat looked at me like, you are the most pathetic. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you something. Cats can put you down. <laughs> and and I, I'm like, and that cat's like, whatever, you know. And my son can walk in and do exactly the same thing. I'm not kidding you. Sounds exactly the same. And he'll go right there and crawl right up in his lap. And See, listen, listen. The sheep know their shepherd's voice. And that, that, sh that shepherd make a noise. And uh, maybe it was something like this. Maybe it was something like, hey, it's time to go to bed. You know, something like that. <laughs> and the sheep, the sheep, <laughs> I, I don't know. And a hoo, hoo. Uh, and um, yeah, that was Gomer's thing. And uh, um, <clears throat> so <laughs> there's young people in here going, who's Gomer? And uh, the sheep would just line up. They would just line up at the door. Now watch this. When they'd line up at the door, that shepherd would get down on his knees. And he'd take his hands. He knew, he knew every sheep by name. He knew their name. He'd given every one of them a name. Can I tell you, some of y'all think that the only way God deals with people is in mass groups like we have here this morning. He'll come in your bedroom. He'll come in your bedroom. He'll come in that hospital room. He'll come in that intensive care unit. Hey, listen, listen. He'll come in your car and sit right down in that seat beside you in your car. Anybody have any car time with Jesus? I love my car time with Jesus. Reminds me of that fellow. Was, um, he was driving down the road and, and uh, he saw a, a fellow that had a wreck and he said, uh, he looked at the fella that had the wreck. He said, he said, are you all right? He said, yes, sir. He said, the Lord's with me. He said, well, you better let him ride with me because you're going to kill him if you're not careful. So, <laughs> and, uh, so let me get back to my, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to tell that story. It's just in me, you know, it had to come out. Okay. So that shepherd would get in, in the door, and that, those sheep would be coming in, and he'd take his hands. And put them on every sheep. And he would run his hands down in the wool and look for a wounded place. Look for a hurt place. Look for a bruise, a scab where the serpent had bit them. And when he found that hurt place, he would take his oil out. He'd rub it in. Now I'm, I'm telling you right now, that I don't know where you're wounded, and I don't know how deep you've been wounded, but there's oil for your wound. Maybe you were abused as a child. 
Maybe you were abused in a marriage. Maybe you, you, your marriage broke up because your, your spouse was unfaithful to you. I, I don't know what kind of wound. Maybe your parents wounded you. Maybe a school teacher wounded you. Hey, hey, maybe a preacher, a pastor wounded you and hurt you. I'm telling you, the oil of the shepherd, if you will let him, he will find that wound and he will pour oil in that wound and bring healing. Some of you are stuck spiritually because you won't bring that wound to the Savior. You won't bring that wound to the shepherd. You pray and pray and pray and read your Bible, read your Bible, and you're doing all the disciplines, but you can't get any further and you don't know what's going on. Here's what, you're, you're holding on to that wound. You're holding on to that hurt. And the shepherd is saying, if you just, if you just open up and let me find that. Now, sometimes it's way deep in there. Sometimes it's way down in that wool. But he'll find it. And he'll pour in the oil. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to somebody here this morning. God wants to heal your hurt. He wants to heal that hurt place. And he'll pour that oil in. He'd do every little sheep like that. Every, every one of them. he put his hands on every one. And, and here's what that says to me. That says to me, some of you are like the woman with the issue of blood. I think the woman with the issue of blood. Y'all remember her in the book of Mark? I believe it's chapter 12. You remember how after she had been suffering for 12 long years? And she, uh, it's in the book of Mark in there. It's in all the gospels, I believe. And, and remember how, how she, she pushed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of the garment? You know what I think had happened in her? I think she had really kind of gotten to the place where healing, she thought it was just for other people. Where, where strength and deliverance and blessing was just for other people. But I'm here to say to you today, and, and, and see the enemy's told you some, some of your, you guys that. He's told you, well, well, this isn't for you. The enemy's come and said, oh, he heals other people. He blesses other people financially. He, but, but you, 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 you not, you, you, you know, you know, you, you got, you know what happened to you. You know what you did. You know what you did. I know, I know you're a Christian and that's supposed to be forgiven. But you know, you know that bad, bad thing you did. And he's convinced you like he almost convinced that woman with the issue of blood. It isn't for you. I'm here to tell you today. Every sheep, the shepherd feels the same love for every one of his little lambs. Every one of them. God doesn't have any big eyes and little U's. God is not a respecter of sheep. He's not a respecter of person. He loves all of you the same. He wants to bring healing into your life. God's used the rod on me. And God's used the staff. And God's used his bottle of oil on me. And I'm standing up here, the pastor of this great church today. With a beautiful wife two fine sons. I stand here today because God used his rod on me. I stand here today ready to go to heaven if I die right now because God used his staff. I stand here today, not a perfect man by any stretch, but I stand here today ready to meet my Lord because God used his bottle of oil. The ministry of the shepherd, the ministry, 
is to bring you back, to make you whole, to restore you. Now, let me tell you one final little thing. When he got them all in the sheepfold, he would lay down in the door and go to sleep himself. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. I'm the door of the sheep. And when Jesus laid down in the door, all the sheep are safe, all the sheep are protected, all the sheep have been ministered to, all the sheep have had the oil poured in, all of the sheep are fine, they're resting, and the shepherd's laying in the door as if to say, if a sheep gets out of the fold, he'll have to step over me. And if the enemy gets in, he'll have to step over me. I'm telling you, when you come to Jesus, you're in the fold. You're in the sheepfold. And the shepherd is laying in the door because he is the door. Are you in that sheepfold? Are you in that sheepfold? Or are you out there rebellious, out there away from God? Did you know you can come to the sheepfold today right here in this service? All you got to do is make that decision. You know, it ain't working out. People go, well... You know, I'm going to get stuff straightened out in my life. And I'm going to get some things worked out. And then later on, I'm going to get, you know, with God and get all that. No, 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 no. Here, here's what you're saying when you say, you're saying, you're saying, I don't need God for this part. Let, let me tell you something. You need God to breathe. You need God for everything. You need to come to God now and let him do the restoration. Let him do the healing. Let him do the straightening out of your life. Okay? Let's bow our head. Matter of fact, will you do this for me? Will you just walk up here? Can we just walk up here this morning and just fill up the altar? Everybody just come. <clears throat> he knows. You can hide all you want to hide, what you're going through, what you're battling. He knows already. He cares about it. We had a president one time told us, I feel your pain. Y'all remember that? I want to tell you about a shepherd who feels what you feel. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? It says he has been tempted in all points just like us. I don't know what you've been through, what you felt what you've struggled with, what Jesus knows how you feel. He knows how you feel, and he feels compassion for it. So open your heart to him today. Let him work in your life. Come on, let's let him in. And you say, well, I'm a Christian, Pastor. I know, but you've got little doors that you haven't opened to him. You got little closets in there, and you got little little nooks and crannies in your heart. You hadn't let Jesus be Lord over some little things, and you're never going to know the fullness of serving Him till you give it all to Him. Father, in the name of Your Son Jesus, will you just reach over and touch somebody? Can I just ask you? Just put your hand on somebody's shoulder, real lightly. Just pray for your neighbor right now. Let's just pray for each other. Father, I just pray for my neighbor and I lift my life up to you, God. I lift my neighbor's life up to you. You told me, God, that the most important thing is that I love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and body and my, love my neighbor as myself. 
So God, I lift up my neighbor, lift up my family, lift up my friends. God, we just want to be drawn nearer to you. We want to know your peace, your comfort, your joy. God, if there's hidden sin in my life, don't let me get away with it. God, just keep it ever before me. That's what David said in Psalm 51. It was ever before me. And God, let me deal with all the sin in my life and let me get it all cleaned out. Anywhere I'm rebelling against you, God, you just don't, you just don't let me bypass that, show it to me and help me to humble myself and repent and just give you every little thing. If I'm struggling with some habit or some addiction in my life, God, I know I can't really be all you want me to be until I get that stronghold broken. So, God, I, I lift up my addiction to you. I lift up that. Break it today. God, I just ask you to pour in the oil. I've been wounded, God. You know all about it. I've kept it a secret. Maybe you're the only one who knows it, or maybe, maybe just a few people know about your deep wound. But there's one who knows, and if you'll let him get in there and get in that wool and get down in that, in that thick wool down there where that wound is so deep in there and you've tried to act like it isn't there, but you know it is there, and just let him pour the oil in today. Will you just whisper that prayer right now? God, pour the oil in my broken place today. Just pour the oil in my wound. Pour the oil in my broken place today, oh God. Heal me. And can I ask you this? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus right now, would you just say, Jesus, I know about you and I know things about you, but Lord, I want to know you personally. So right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead for me. And Jesus, I just ask you right now, will you come in my life? I've been waiting for this, and then when that would happen, I'd say, I'm waiting for this. I'm not waiting anymore, God. I've been putting this thing off long enough. Will you just save me today? Will you just come in my heart? See, it doesn't have to be a big deal. I mean, we don't have to bring you up on the stage or make you walk down the aisle or make you sign some card. I'm telling you right there where you stand, all you got to do is whisper, Jesus, I ain't running no more. I ain't running from you no more. I know that's bad English, but just tell him, God, I'm not going to run from you anymore. I'm not going to make any more excuses. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I'm not handling things too well on my own. And I need you, Jesus. Come in my life. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, nobody looking, please. If you ask Jesus in your heart this morning, will you do me a favor? Will you slip your hand up and then put it right back down just real quick? Slip it up and put it right back down. God bless you. 